from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. We fight our country's battles on air, on land, and sea. The few, the proud, the Marines. We do it just to keep our honor clean, the song goes. The Christian is in a warfare, but not like that of the United States Marines. Because they, they, they depend on their man-made weapons to fight with. Now, they're winners, but it's only temporary. They always have to go back, or at least to another place. For the Christian, we don't fight with natural weapons. Weapons built by the hands of men. Scripture says for the weapons of our warfare are not currently, not worldly. Though we walk in the flesh, the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, not carnal, not fleshly. But Divine in nature. 1217 p.m. 1217. We have spiritual weapons to fight this war that we're in. And we fight not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities in high places. Demons. It's a spiritual warfare. Sometimes uh, we have to realize what we have. We, we know our enemy because we're not ignorant of the devil's schemes. The Bible tells us we know what his, what his devices are, so he doesn't catch us by surprise. No Christian. You never get caught by surprise when it comes to fighting this warfare. We've been already, we've been warned, we, we've been told, we have knowledge. So Paul says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but divine in nature. So to pull it down of strongholds, even when, when it comes to thinking, when, when, when Satan tempts us to think wrong ways, uh, when, the when the flesh uh, tempts us, wants to cause us to fall before God in shame, we take every thought captive and bring it in, into obedience to Christ. That's how we win. And we do that, number one, through a knowledge of his word. To know him is our power. To know him is to be able to resist the devil steadfastly in the faith. 
be the same that you know your your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking in whom he may devour. But uh, if we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, studying His Word, learning His Word, and becoming doers of His Word. In doing so, we resist the devil, and he'll flee from us. By the way, y'all, this is Percy Garrett, and I'm on the, the elliptical machine, and I'm moving like a bat out of hell, but I'm trying to lose this fat, trying to beat this old fat body into submission. It loves to eat. It loves to sleep, but they don't want to move. It wants to eat and do nothing but be a potato, but be a couch potato. But I'm going to fight this fight against this fat. Here we go, y'all. I'm going to do the treadmill in a few minutes. I'm doing uh, a split routine for cardio today. 10 minutes on the uh, elliptical machine, 10 minutes on the tread machine, and 10 minutes on the bike. I'm just doing 30 minutes. Now, if you don't have any kind of machines, you can do steps, step up on a six to eight inch platform. You can run in place, you can walk. We had one lady who just walked up and down her the driveway while we did this and she worked for, walked that driveway for 30 minutes I don't, I don't know how many steps it was don't know don't know how many calories she burned but she did good so here we are y'all we uh in this battle against the fact now, now this is a uh a physical battle against the natural forces in, that worked in the body. So we have control over this. But we do it not because uh, of any earthly reason. We do it to glorify God. And, who, and when we do it that way, the battle actually becomes spiritual because the devil don't, don't want you to please the Lord. And Satan will do anything he can to hinder your progress. But but if you resist him steadfastly in the faith, he'll flee from you. It, isn't that amazing? Even though you can't see him run, you can put him on the run without even knowing it. God knows it, but you don't know it. We don't we don't even see him walking to and fro up and down the earth, but he is. But in the wisdom of God imparted to us, we're able to be aware of his devices, even though we cannot see him. So what we do, we put on and keep on 
the whole armor of God. We don't take it off. I hear folks saying, well, I just woke up this morning and I put the armor of God on. You put it on, you should never take it off. Don't you know that the devil never sleeps? Him and his demons, they never sleep. They don't get tired. So you and I have to remain vigilant and sober because our adversary, the, the, uh, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, never sleeping, never needing to rest. Hmm. Seeking those whom he may devour, may eat up. So we have to be ready at all times, even in our sleep. We need to have the arm of God on. And I have it on right now, y'all. I'm ready for the fight. You know why I'm ready for the fight? It's because there's never a time when I'm not in the fight. I'm either, I'm either fighting the devil, the flesh, or the world. When one gets down in the fight, I got to fight the other one. When I'm done with those two, I got to fight number three. But I'm always ready. Because greater is he that's in me than he is in the world, or any that's in the world. My God is omnipotent. All right, y'all. I'm moving the fat. I'm not just, I'm not just moving the fat around. I'm beating it down. I'm, 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 I am trimming the fat. That's what I'm doing, y'all. You, you are doing the same thing if you're following along, if you're working along with me. You are trimming the fat from the inside out. That's what cardio does. It starts with the heart and lungs and affects the whole body. And I, I uh, know that uh, it's hard for diabetics to do a lot of things. But when you start and you see the benefits, you just can't quit. One of the things that the diabetic needs to do is to move and keep moving and keep the blood circulating. Keep, especially in those, those, those uh, lower extremities, your toes, your feet and your legs. And by the way, one thing that uh, a diabetic should keep on hand at all times, even though you may wear shoes to protect your feet, always keep some nails before them on hand. You need something that has a way to heal those tiny wounds that you may obtain while you're in the gym, the scratches and stuff. Because those scratches for a diabetic can become deadly. Doesn't take much. So every time you get a scratch, you should treat it with Neosophorin. Neosophorin. Or something of that nature. Perhaps the doctor may give you something that's good for you to keep on hand. But at least keep some Neosophorin on the shelf, just in case. I've had quite a few scratches being in the gym and punctured 
well, thank the Lord. When sometimes you just don't know they're there. So when you get get those small injuries, do something about them so that, so that they don't they don't become big injuries. Because if you don't treat those things, those are scratches in a diabetic, they become sores. And, and when they become sores, they can become poisonous to the system. They can develop gangrene. And when that happens, if, 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 it's, if the treatment, uh, if the medical treatments don't work, they have to amputate. And we don't want that. We want you to be ready for the fight. What time is it, y'all? Let's see what time it is. Twelve twenty-eight. Okay. Time is fleeting. So we got one more minute, right? Let's do it. I got a cool breeze coming in. Uh through the door. The weather report for today for Dothan, Alabama is between 63 to 69 degrees Fahrenheit. What a beautiful weather report. What a wonderful temperature, especially when you're working out. Not too hot, not too cold. Weather's just right. When I leave here, this station, I'm going straight to the treadmill. No, I'm not. I'm going to go over and grab my towel first. If that's okay with you. I have to grab my towel. You know, you know me. I, I am sweating like a hog. And I'm scratching like a dog with fleas. It's amazing when a dog gets hot, he starts scratching. So I can say that I am sweating like a hog, and I'm scratching like a dog with fleas. And I don't have a flea now. I don't think I have any fleas. But you know, you never, you never can tell. Let me see. Let me grab this here towel. I'm gonna keep on marching, y'all. I, I said earlier that we're not like the Marines in, in this sense. We are fighting a natural war for earthly reasons, but we are fighting in a, in a spiritual warfare for divine and holy and heavenly and godly reasons. And we never lose. Do you know that Christians never lose the war? We can't lose with the stuff we use. And, and I don't want to be irreverent, but we have in our arsenal God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I had a friend ask me yesterday, if we got God in us, if God's on our side, why do we need angels? I said, well, <laughs> I said, that's the overflow. It's not that we need them. It's that we're blessed with all of that. 
we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And that includes the angels. And angels are, are ministering spirits. They minister to those who receive salvation. They have a salvation. That's, that's their call. God has called them into being for that reason. They are elect angels. They are the good angels that God has set aside for that purpose. I am on the treadmill. I'm moving again. Now, I can't be dogmatic about this next statement, but I believe that every Christian has an angel standing by on their behalf. Now, some folks call them guardian angels. I don't know what, what they are designated as in heaven, except angel. But the leadership of the church is warned how they feed God's flock, how they lead God's flock. This is a warning to those who teach God's word. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, and those surrounding verses. This is the Lord talking to. He said that uh, offenses shall come, but woe to the man that causes one of these little ones to fall, to be offended. Woe to the man that trips up one of these little ones, one of God's children. those who are in God's family, woe to that shepherd that causes one of these little ones to fall. But he might, he, he might, he, he, he may as well tie a millstone around his neck. This is what God said. Now God decided. He said he may as well tie a millstone around his neck and dive into the deepest part of the sea. He may, he, may, he may as well hang himself like Judas did. And then jump into the sea, the deepest part. And this is why. For that angel always behold the face of the Father. Their angel in heaven Behold the face of the Father always. You have an angel continually gazing at God's face, waiting to be dispatched at a moment's notice on your behalf. The way that God dispatched an angel to go to help Moses deliver Israel the way that God sent an angel to, to Daniel in the, in the lion's den and when Daniel was praying about, about Israel's release from 70 years captivity in Babylon God sent an angel each time now now the third time, uh, that angel had a hard time. He had to fight with the prince of Persia, which was the demon, over 
the king of Persia and the nation of Persia. I find each nation has uh, an angel. And the ungodly nations have demons. They have principalities in high places. But, but Daniel's angel, his good angel, had to fight with that angel, that evil angel, for 21 days. He was simply trying to get Daniel's prayer from God to Daniel. But it took him 21 days. And Michael had to come and assist Daniel's angels. But they won. God's elect always win. The angels that have not fallen, they're called God's elect angels. You're like you're called God's elect children. Let's see now. 27, 29. 29, I got to go to 1239, okay. We're on the move. When you are on these exercise routines, whether or not you own one of these machines, such as the elliptical machine, trap mill, recumbent bike, stationary bike, stepper, doesn't matter. If you're walking or running, it uh, is a tremendous boost for diabetics, or anybody for that matter. But I want to make sure that we reach diabetics because we have so many in our community. And we're told that because we have diabetes in our community, that we're subject to, we're most susceptible to the COVID-19 virus because the immune system is already weak. <clears throat> so as, as diabetics, when we, when we do these exercises, not only does it strengthen the immune system, but when you do cardio and you're moving those feet, you strengthen the feet in more ways than one. You're strengthening the muscles. You're strengthening uh, the blood vessels. Uh, you're giving your feet more ag agility. You're able to walk better and longer. It enhances the entire body. Because if you lose one toe, it literally throws you off balance. And when you lose the foot, you're totally off balance. I, I've been told that some people who lose a leg or a foot, they, they, they sometimes uh, itch and they attempt to, to scratch that foot that's missing. It's gone, but still itches. And along with that, sometimes uh, when the foot is gone or the leg, they get up to walk and forget the foot, a leg is gone, and they fall. And hurt themselves. We don't, we don't want you to do that. We want you to keep your foot. But now, don't, don't, don't be dismayed. 
if you have already lost your foot, you can still work out. You can still increase the circulation. You can still increase your, your cardiovascular system. You can still function as a whole person. Don't give up. Don't give in to life circumstances. I will fight. It's not against flesh and blood. But we're told, even so, it's not against flesh and blood. Even so, they appear stronger than us. The demons seem to be stronger. Life's circumstances seem to be overwhelming. We are told to be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Now, you can't beat that. That's like, that's being like David. David uh, didn't come against Goliath with flesh and blood. He came in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And with one smooth stone, he brought down the giant. He brought down the giant that everybody else in Israel, in Israel's army, was afraid of. But we don't have to be afraid. You and I don't have to be afraid because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. You hear that? Power and love and a sound mind. So he tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And put on the whole arm of God so that when the evil day comes, you will be able to stand. And when you're not able to stand, stand therefore. You can do it. Let me check my watch, see what time it is. Let me stop just for a minute. Hope it won't take a whole minute. 12.42. I got one minute to go, y'all. No, I got five minutes to go. What am I saying? One minute. I got to go all the way up to... No, wait a minute. I passed my, I passed my time, y'all. Yeah, we've gone past the... Uh, We were supposed to go to 1239. And it's 1242. Y'all just let me go on and on and on, run in my mouth. Okay, right now I'm going to go over to an easy exercise, and that's the elliptical machine. I'm going to sit down, but I'm not going to rest. I'm going to pedal. I'm going to ride this thing. Here we go, y'all. I'm putting my feet on the pedals and get ready to go. Showing myself strong. Do you know how I show myself strong in the Lord? This is what the scripture said that showed us to be strong men and women of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 tells us to let 
the word of God dwell in you richly with all wisdom. And he said, when you do that, when you had the word of God in your heart, the word becomes a light unto your feet and a lamp unto your path. You, you now have knowledge. That's what light means. Light means knowledge. Your eyes have been opened. That's why Jesus said, I, I am the light of the world. If any man follows me, he will not walk in darkness. If anyone follows me, he will not walk in darkness. Because he has the light of life. He has the, the, the light of life, the knowledge of life, the Logos. Jesus Christ, the righteous. And, and, it, and when you have that light in you, you are an overcomer. You overcome the world. Because when you have that light in you, you know who the, the light bearer is, the light giver. That's Jesus. And 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5, says that he that overcomes the world is he that believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that's knowledge. Nicodemus did not have that knowledge when he approached Jesus at night. He said to, to Jesus, not knowing who he was, he said, you must be sent from God. For no man can do what you do except God be with him. He didn't see him as God. He saw him as a man, just a man, a miracle worker. He said, you must be sent from God. He didn't really know he was God. That was, the, that was the whole nation of Israel, y'all. It was not just Nicodemus. They, they didn't know who he was. Even the apostles didn't know. That's why they were hiding out after he was crucified. They were full of fear because they didn't know who he was. Thomas didn't know. Until Christ showed up and had Thomas put his hands in the wound. But they didn't know. When you read Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 and 17, it said that, it said that they met him. His, his 11 apostles, they met him and worshiped him. But some doubted. There are so many people today who are worshiping in the church houses, outside of the church houses, but they doubt. <laughs> but they don't know that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Don't let that man think he can ask anything of God. That's vain worship. We really don't know. So, so the, the apostles, the 11 that met him in Matthew 28, 16, 17, that they, they worshiped him in vain because they didn't know him. You can't worship who you don't know, y'all. Nicodemus didn't know. The apostles didn't know. So, after his resurrection, 
after he had come to them, he told them in Acts chapter one, don't don't don't, don't go nowhere. Don't go and preach and teach. Don't go and try to be a witness for me because you don't know anything. Wait until you have been endued with power from on high. You can't preach until you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. You have to be baptized into me. John told y'all that he baptized with water unto repentance. But one would come after him that were baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. And that one is Jesus Christ himself. Jesus said, when I ascend into heaven, I will send back the Holy Spirit. And I baptize you into myself, empowering you for service with knowledge because the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to bring those things to your remembrance that I've taught you. He's going to lead you into all truth. Until you receive him, you don't know anything. But he said, when, 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 after you have, uh, after the Holy Spirit has empowered you, after you have received the Holy Spirit, you, you will receive power. After that, after you have received that power, that knowledge of who I am, that I'm God in human flesh, and what my my death, burial, and resurrection really means, then you should be witnesses unto me. Until then, you just wait until I open up until I open up heaven and send back the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, who will lead you into all truth, who will bring all those things to your remembrance that I've taught you. And open, and open up your understanding. Then you shall be preachers and teachers in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. Because then you'll have power. All right, y'all. We're working on these, these temples. These do you know that even though you have a body of flesh, uh, dirt, decaying flesh, that you are a spiritual rock, a spiritual stone, a spiritual brick in the house of God? You make up the house of God? Each stone, each one of you is a stone, a living stone. And you find that written in Peter's epistles, calling you a living stone, a lively stone. You're not a dead brick like they have in the temples. They were, they were sometimes laden with gold, but they were just dead bricks. <laughs> But you are a living stone. That's why the church is not, is, is, is not called an organization. The church is organized sometimes, 
in a human sense, but it's not an organization. It is a living organism. It is the body, the strong body of Jesus Christ. And I had to accentuate that, the strong body of Jesus Christ. Because Christ said, this is my church. It's upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, I will build. I, God the Son, will build my church. Which means that it's not the building that we buy a lease. That's not it. That's not, that's, not, that's not the building. The building that we sometimes worship in, those are dead stones. They decay, you gotta, you gotta repair those things. Sometimes tear the building down and build a new building. But the church is always new. It's a new thing. And it can never change. Once you're in the body, that's it, you're stuck. Like Chuck. You're in there and you can't get out. And you're too strong to be overcome. Satan can never overcome the church. That means you. Satan has no power over you unless you give it to him. All right, y'all. What time is it? Let me see what time it is. 1253. I'm going to go to 1255. And we're going to stop. I think there'll be enough for cardio for this time. I do want to thank all of you for sharing in with me in this exercise program today. I try to do something at least five days a week. And it enhances the functionality of the body. One of the things that I don't want to do is to let sickness and old age to overcome me when God has given me the ability to uh, do something about it. Now, one day I'm, I might become immobile and, and can't help myself, but in the meantime, I think, God, I think that God has given me the ability to ensure that I have a better, better quality of life as long as I live. I don't want to lose my, my toes and my feet. I don't want my heart to stop on me. Those things can happen, y'all. Those things can happen. I have a passion for diabetes management and control because if, if 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 that's not done we can start losing bodily bodily functions the worst thing to do for a diabetic 
the little the, the function of the internal organs. You're kidding us. That's a devastating thing, y'all. And your pancreas. Many diabetics develop pancreatic cancer. And that's almost a death sentence. So that's why I, I'm so adamant about these exercises and and as much information that I have, I want to give it to you all. Not just about the exercises, but about taking your medication, uh, making making your doctor's visits, spending time with the, spending time with the Lord, and and being a willing vessel for His use. And I think if you do it that way, uh, God will give you that better quality of life that you may honor and glorify Him. That's our goal in life, y'all. Just to honor and to glorify our Creator and our Sustainer, our Heavenly Father, who we can call on like King David and say that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yep. All right, we're gonna stop and see what time it is. Twelve fifty-seven p.m. Twelve fifty-seven. Yeah, we can stop now, y'all. I'm gonna thank every last one of you for being men and women of control over your bodies. Those who are strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Knowing that you have been empowered by him to succeed in doing what he's called you to do. Do you not know that God has empowered you to do that which he called you to do? I learned that the Lord won't ask you to do anything that you cannot do. Anything that he called you to do, without a doubt, you can do it. Now I know what he, what what, uh, what he said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. He said to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's what he said. But you know what verse 13 said too, don't you? Verse 13 said, for it is God in you. Did you hear that? It is God in you. You're his temple. Both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. God is the one in you who makes you have that desire and will to serve him, uh, to honor him, and to give you the power to do it. Forward. Yep, God is the one in you, both to will and to do. Okay, we're done, y'all. I am going to close the door here and head inside. Yeah, I'm not going to sing the Marine Corps hymn. 
I'm going to say, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. And that song starts off by saying, Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head to such a wretch as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. All right, y'all. This has been your humble host, Percy Garrett, in the great city of Dothan, Alabama. Now, y'all know that they call this God's country. They sometimes call this the Bible Belt. So that means that a lot of folks in Alabama wear the belt. They have learned Bible truths and they're living their lives according to those truths. In other words, they're not just hearers only, but they're also doers of God's word, just like James said we should be. He said, show me your faith without your works. He, he said, show me your, your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Because faith without works is dead, he said. So let's not be heroes only, but my brothers and my sisters in Christ. Let's be doers also. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty both now and ever. Amen. Send me a message on Anchor Voice Messaging. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you want to want to hear, want to do. You can come in and we can do a workout together. We can discuss the Bible together. We can talk about it. If you get a chance, read uh, Malachi 3.16. It talks about those who, who talk about the Lord. Those who discuss Him. Those who, who think about him. God has a blessing for those people in eternity future. Okay. God bless you all. I'm going to go ahead and start the rest of my day. <laughs>